0: Listening to the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McNichols, joined by my co host, Rich Houck, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything dynasty and season long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us again. It's Ryan McNichols here. Today is March 12th. I am joined by Rich Houck. What's up, everybody? And our producer, Mike Coyle. What's going on? We are going to be looking at some of the prospects coming out of this upcoming Combine. Alright, we're recording this on March 12th, so some of the stuff we're talking about might get a little dated by the time uh, you hear this, This so go out later this week. For those of you celebrating St. Paddy's Day, happy St. Paddy's Day to you. You guys doing anything
1: for St. Patty's Day this weekend? No, dude, I don't celebrate that that day. It's it's you know I celebrate St. Patty. I'm celebrating actually literally right now, so <laughs> I don't. I don't need a day to, to celebrate drinking. You guys Irish at all? It's my people, dude. Yes, it's yes, it's yes. like one of those things, you know. If you're Irish, you don't have how, to celebrate like that. How much of a percentage are you? Do you know? Yeah, you know, my last name's Coyle, so I don't know, but it's it's probably high. Well,
0: my last name's McNichols, but I'm more Polish than Irish. I'm yeah. like about a quarter Polish to, or a quarter Irish to 50% Polish. Mm-hmm. So my mom is straight Polish. Irish, not we'll say. You know it all, Rich? Um, not particularly offhand. No. I had to do family projects in school, so.
1: I skipped all those? Nice. Skip those. I skipped I'm a good bit
2: Irish, though. I don't know the, the exact details. You doing anything for St. Paddy's Day? Probably not, no. Alright. Fun. Yeah, I'll
0: talk, I'll talk to Keegan about it. Never mind. Okay. There's, no way he, there's no way he's doing it. <laughs> he's watching college basketball. There's no way Keeg is not there. doing it. That's the only
2: thing going on for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All righty. Well, let's move on into it then. Start off with some of the bigger news. So something that just happened recently, the Carolina Panthers trade it up to the number one overall pick in the draft with the Chicago Bears.
2: <laughs>
0: the Chicago Bears get in return. The ninth overall pick, the 61st pick, which is in the second round, a 2024 first, a 2025 second, and 25 year old wide receiver DJ Moore. What a haul. What a haul. So, first off, I just want to give a shout out real quick to Daniel Jeremiah. When I was watching the combine, he said that if the Panthers traded up with the Bears, the draft haul would be the the ninth overall pick, There's a second-round pick this year, a first round next year, and a first round in 2025. It's pretty close. Instead of the first round in 2025, it's a second plus D.J. Moore, which is significantly more than the first round in 2025, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean,
2: you get D.J. Moore's only 25 on the contract that he's on, and they have control of him for a couple of years. They add a, a wide receiver one for their young quarterback looking to make a leap. And they add all the draft capital. That's just a huge win for the Bears.
0: The Panthers obviously moving up to number one overall. They have a target in mind, it would seem, for the quarterback position.
2: Yeah, you would think.
0: First, myself, I thought it might have been Anthony Richardson because I was looking at the team. I was like, they traded away Christian McCaffrey. They traded away DJ Moore. They seem like they might be stripping it down and not a whole lot left. But then I looked, the Panthers still have pretty significant draft capital. They still obviously have the first overall pick. They still have a second-round pick. They have the 39th pick overall. So I believe they gave them San Francisco's second-round pick that they got in the Christian McCaffrey trade. They have the 93rd pick. They've got two picks in the fourth round and a fifth-round pick. So, I mean, they still have three picks in the top 100, two fourth-round picks. So they can still – I think they're probably going to grab a wide receiver with their second-round pick there, and then they're probably going to add a running back – probably with one of those fourth-round picks, I would imagine, to add to this team. So that changed my mind to go from somebody like you know Anthony Richardson, who needs to develop a little bit, to probably going with the Vegas line of C.J. Stroud. Yeah, he's
2: a, the large betting favorite to be the first overall pick now since has traded up.
0: So is that who you think that they're taking then? Is there any reason for you to suspect that they might go Bryce Young or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson?
2: Nah, i don't i'm not going to speculate we'll we'll see uh yeah. all right there, there was a report that said um i don't know if you guys saw it uh carolina had said they they do like a quarterback but they're still remaining open-minded and if uh, I, I kid you not if they start to like another quarterback more they could possibly trade back out of one.
0: That's interesting, because I imagine it's mm-hmm. going to be hard because I don't think every team's going to have the quarterbacks ranked the same. All the teams that need a quarterback probably have them ranked differently, so how can they be sure that yeah. they're trading out of the spot and not going to miss out on the guy that they're getting? You also have the Houston Texans picking it too. Let's there's you know, what do you if you're the Houston Texans, do you look to trade out or do you hold on? It's because again, what if the Pan, so the Panthers take the guy you had as your number one quarterback at one? Do you then trade out because your guy is gone or do you just take your next best quarterback of the Houston Texans?
2: It's gonna depend on how they have them how them grade it. Y- you know? Um, quarterback isn't the only hole that the Texans have. That team kinda stinks. So I uh, I don't know, maybe they could trade back and, you know, acquire some more assets.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. There's a couple more angles to that, but let's get let's just focus on the more f- important fantasy aspect. What does this mean for DJ Moore, who now goes to the Bears? He'll be there with Darnell Mooney. Seems like he'll be the number one there, and Mooney will fall into the. A- Could you imagine if he wasn't? What 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 is DJ Moore's value as the wide receiver one for Justin Fields on the Chicago Bears? I've been going back and forth on it.
1: I have no idea. I, I like it more than I think. I think it's sneaky. I think I did, I think uh, I like it more than I think uh, the consensus at least likes so it. I I think Justin Fields progressed a lot this year. Um, is, is he is he a himothy? No, he's not himothy. Is he you know going to be a top five quarterback this year? Probably not.
0: Top seven, maybe. Fantasy wise, he can be top five. Because yeah, I think Jones he's a the top lot. five fantasy wise. Yeah, yeah
1: rush, that's rushing upside. I mean, because of DJ right. Moore. Yeah, I gotcha. In the context of DJ Moore, I I don't know. We'll, can it be say. worse than it was
2: last year? I mean, he's on the worst passing offense in the league. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. For all, all the people out there, like get DJ Moore on another team. The monkey Paul Curl. Yes, and he absolutely. Goes to Chicago.
1: Who yeah. <laughs> has
2: one like? Uh, let's see. It's, it's, you know As a DJ Moore owner, I don't know
1: what to think. Because well, we Just have, patiently hold, like I always do, because no one wants to pay what he's worth. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. What is it called? I don't know. I What, Fields is coming into his third year this here, his right? His third season? His man. third season is where we're expecting him to really take a big next step. I mean, this is, you have to say it this year from a football perspective, from you know, a Chicago Bears perspective. I mean, obviously they his contract's not, he's still on rookie contract, but you know, uh it's time to put up or shut up kinda oh, uh, as far as m- maybe maybe not for him, but like as far as uh having faith like in like receivers landing there and being in good hands goes. I don't know. I think he's progressed pretty decently though. Um could be a lot worse. And like you said, they gained an extra first round pick next
0: year. So if they're bad again this year, and then they have two first round picks, one of which is the Carolina Panthers, who's going to be starting a rookie quarterback this upcoming season, who, you know, could have a very poor record themselves. They could have two early on picks, and they'd be in a prime position to take a quarterback if Justin Fields <clears throat> doesn't work out this year. So, yeah, like you said, that, that's, that's, that's,
1: that's disaster. So still. then DJ
0: Moore's back in the same situation exactly. as he's always been in. It's, exactly. Can they get him a
2: quarterback? Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens
0: with Fields. You know, he, Mm-hmm. D.J. Moore remains in QB purgatory. If you're holding because you had faith before, you're still holding because you have to hold out. You're not like you said. You're unless not gonna get what he's worth
2: unless someone in your league is a, a true believer in Fields and thinks he's gonna make that leap. Unless he, you know,
1: okay, he threw Fields threw for 1,800 yards in 2021. He threw for 2,200 yards in 2022. So yeah, I mean. Twenty-two hundred yards, not not that much. Uh, no, no. If, it that point, does not inspire confidence. But if he can make that next step and you know, <laughs> throw for another eighteen hundred yards, I'd be sick. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, it's. I'll uh, settle so like, for if an additional if twelve. To, yeah. if he
2: could get to thirty-five, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, yeah, with his
2: rushing too, like that'd be a nice. The off if he gets to that, the offense is moving. They're right, moving the ball exactly.
1: He looks good. He's he's making plays. And that's beneficial for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a DK More buyer. I'm yeah for sure. But uh, I, I guess yeah, I'm probably more bought in on Fields as a fantasy player. Uh, obviously, that's a, yeah, a lot of rushing upside. Though you're right. The
0: Panthers now have a hole at wide receiver one. Like I said, I think they'll fill that with the 39th overall pick there. No,
2: no, no faith in Terrace Marshall.
0: Hey, man, they got LaVisca Chenault and Shee Smith there, too. Don't sleep on any of them. Yeah, no, they're going to do something else about their position.
1: We know you've never been sleeping on Chenault, right? (laughs) You've been a a Chenault truther.
0: No, I honestly, no. I lost faith in him quickly. Uh, Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I guess we haven't heard about him in a long time. Yeah, that's because I lost complete faith in him early on. True. I had like a smidgen of faith when he moved to a new team and just no, nothing. I don't expect anything from him. Cool. He's a drop candidate depending on who else I need to add. All right, moving on. The other big news is Lamar Jackson received the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means, so there's two franchise tags, exclusive and non-exclusive. Exclusive means that he can only negotiate with the Ravens. He's only going to be able to play on the tag with the Ravens this season or sign an extension with them. Non-exclusive tag means he can negotiate with other teams. So in addition to that, it means that they only pay him $32 million instead of $45 million this year, so they save $12 million in cap space. Other teams can begin negotiating with him on March 15th. If the Ravens want to match the offer that the other team creates that Lamar Jackson accepts, then the Ravens can do that, but they will send two first-round picks to the other team. Or, I'm sorry, they if they decide to match the offer, Lamar Jackson will stay on the Ravens on the contract that he was going to sign with the other team on those exact terms. You can't change it. If the Ravens don't want to match the contract offer, they will receive two first-round picks from the team that they are trading it to. Based off the way it seems, those two first-round picks, have you have to have one the following draft cycle and then the draft cycle after that. So it can't be two picks in the same cycle, and you can't do it if you don't have a first-round pick in the draft. So, you know, there was a report about a bunch of teams that weren't interested, and one of them was Miami Dolphins. Well, Miami Dolphins can't make that deal until after the draft anyway because they don't have a first-round pick to give the Ravens in return if they sign Lamar Jackson. Secondly... Lamar Jackson. So reportedly, the Ravens offered him five years, two hundred fifty million, with one hundred thirty-three million guaranteed, and he didn't want to take that. He reportedly is looking for a fully guaranteed contract, so around two hundred fifty million with two hundred fifty million fully guaranteed. He's not gonna get it. No. And so the whole league is like <coughs> screaming in collusion and wanting to know. Why teams don't want to do this and they don't want to sign him to this deal, and how could you pay us up? They're calling him a top five quarterback. How could you pay us up on signing him a deal with this sort of guarantees? This has worked out for one team since Lamar Jackson has been drafted in the league, and that's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And
2: even his wasn't
0: fully guaranteed. Exactly. Right? He signed, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like
2: that's part of the, that's the real.
0: 10 years, $450 million, $141 million guarantee. That's the
2: big holdup. Like the, it,
0: the way it's written out in the
2: CBA, I was reading about this. Um, the guaranteed money the portion of a contract has to be placed in an escrow account right upon signing of the contract
1: right it has to be and they have to have the money they have to actually physically have the yes. money yes yeah
2: and yes these are all billionaires who are mm-hmm. worth a ton of money yeah. but people don't realize that's tied up in things it's not liquid yeah and not many of these owners have that type of $230, two hundred yeah, uh, and thirty two hundred forty two hundred fifty million dollars laying around and yeah. they can just stick it in escrow account. Yeah, and they don't, also, that even if they do, they don't want to. <laughs> no, they yeah. don't. Yeah, that's and the right. thing that, like, when they're talking about collusion, is they, you know, unless they've reworked re. Write the framework of the CBA and rework mm-hmm. around that right now. That, that's why they won't give out the fully guaranteed contract. And that's why the that was the anomaly, that Deshaun, yeah. the uh, Sean Watson contract.
0: Yeah. So again, Kyler Murray, 230 million, 160 million guaranteed. Russell Wilson, 245 million, 165 million guaranteed. Deshaun Watson's deal is clearly the outlier. The Browns did that at the last minute. Because totally they were out capacity. of the running,
2: yeah, they were
0: capacity. told that they were out of the running. It was between like the Falcons and the Panthers at that point. And they were like, "Hey, what's it going to take?" And mm-hmm. that's what it took.
2: And you know, once you start giving out the fully guaranteed contracts to the quarterback, it's not long before everything else starts to follow. And if you don't have enough money laying around for the quarterbacks, they're not going to have enough money laying around for everybody else.
0: Right. You, you know, and, like so, how is that going to work? They and, need to. They need to figure that out. You mm-hmm. fully guarantee that contract. You cannot move on from him. You know what I mean? I think this is the difference between when you're looking at him and Patrick Mahomes. You were like, Patrick Mahomes, he only has like the $141 million guaranteed. It's a 10-year deal. But I think there's that understanding where like, hey, in a few years when you're like down being the 10th paid highest quarterback. We can come back to the table and renegotiate this when we have the cap space to do it. We don't need to guarantee it all to you now. We can always come back to the table and give you more. But how are you going to feel if we guarantee it and then we come to the table and we ask you to restructure and take less? Like how often do you see a star franchise quarterback agree that they're going to rework their deal and take less money overall? Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like one <number> guy. One. <laughs> one guy. And they you know they mentioned that his wife made more money than he ever did in his playing career. Ooh. Yeah, so he right. had that luxury. And I don't think Lamar Jackson's looking for a fully guaranteed deal, is gonna yeah. agree to then rework it a few years later if he's not performing to the level that they were expecting. You know what I mean? So if they fully guarantee the money, they can't move on from it in a few years, they can always come back and renegotiate. You know, if they only guarantee him, you know, two hundred million or something, he can always come back in a few years and up that, give him more, come back to the table. That's essentially what you do. That this is why you have the agent. The agent talks to the team and they essentially turn it into something where it's a six year deal, but the last two years are dummy years and it's the understanding that you're going to come back to the table and renegotiate before it gets to those two years and increase what that money is going to be i don't know what's going to happen what what do what do the ravens do if somebody signs lamar jackson there's gonna be trouble get two first round picks Yeah, one this year and one next year. Yeah, there's,
2: they'll probably match as long as it's not a, an outrageous deal with a bunch of guaranteed money. Then, which is another match.
0: reason that other teams don't want to do it because they don't want to write the deal for yeah. the Ravens. Then that's an awkward situation too. How do you write the deal, or how do you tell, like you know, tell Lamar, like you know, go figure it out with another team, and then the other team comes up the deal and they're like, okay, we'll match it, and you think Lamar's gonna be like, oh, okay, cool, I'm back, I'm back, I'm a Raven now. Like, does he have a choice? No, not really. You could yeah. sit out, but. That's not the best option for him.
1: It's a, it's very interesting, uh, like individual case. I mean, such a high profile player operating without an agent, and uh, you know this, this, um, how often is this option like exercised? Where, like, with a high profile QB, like, the
0: non-exclusive tag is n- pretty much never used on franchise quarterbacks. Right. I, th- I think it hasn't happened in like ten, at least ten years. Might be longer than that because the teams always want the exclusive right to negotiate with that right. quarterbacks so Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott both got tagged with the exclusive ones so
1: yeah so but yeah I wonder if there's And like most this,
0: like a history of the non-exclusive tag There is there I've seen tweets about them I don't remember off the top of my head but that's how I know there's been at least 10 years since it happened it doesn't typically happen to quarterbacks there's also a thing where it's like in the history like there's never been like a player who had the non-exclusive franchise tag who then negotiated a contract with a team that then signed that deal with that team. You know what I mean? It's like like the team always ends up matching and not letting the player leave. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, uh... All right. Yeah. So that was just some of the major news. There's some other moves and stuff that we'll get into on the next podcast coming out in the week following this. So tune back in if you want to hear more about Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, things in that nature. We'll take a little bit more look at the top of the draft, but let's get into some of the upcoming draft prospects that we've got this season. Any of you guys want to start off? So we want to start running back,
1: wide receiver, tight end. Um, it's it's I'm I'm fine with whatever. Whatever, whatever you guys Whoever
0: yeah. fancy you, whoever's, you know, picked your fancy. I'm sorry. Hang on. One one editing note. I do have to mention this because we we talked about this in our last podcast, and we we were slightly incorrect. So this has to refer to Michael Thomas and the New Orleans Saints. We had mentioned things about cutting him and releasing him and being on. They had restructured in January at the beginning of the off season to change his deal. So what they did was they restructured. and They lowered his base salary from fifteen and a half million down to the league minimum at one point one six five. That becomes guaranteed on. March 17th of 2023 but they don't take that cap hit until 2024 so if they want they can release him prior to March 17th and designate it as a post-June 1st release to save money That's an awkward situation because he kind of recruited Derek Carr, and now Derek Carr is on the Saints, and now Derek Carr is trying to recruit him to stay. But it was something we had talked about where we mentioned it would be hard to cut him or release him because of the way the contract is structured. They had restructured it. They can cut him prior to March 17th, designate it post-June 1st, and save that money and not take the cap hit in 2024. They've already lowered the cap hit for
2: 2023.
0: Okay. And the team, but the team wants him back. They're trying to work on an extension. That was the other thing I wanted to mention. So he still looks like he's going to be back on the team. Sorry, that was an editing note. Let's get into the prospects. I'll let uh, one of you guys start off.
1: Word. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pop us off here. Um, so I just kind of want uh, – so the, the, the way I kind of looked at my guys this year is I was just looking at my own dynasty team and seeing where my picks fall in at. Um, I have quite a few second-round picks, so I wanted to scout out some of those guys that are seconds, uh, maybe third-round picks here. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, my process going into – um, the draft this year is definitely going to be um, not putting too much, like not overweighing the amount of stock that I'm putting into the measurables that might be coming out like from the combine, and really trying to just focus on, you know, seeing what what the draft capital, what kind of draft capital they get. Um, so that's just kind of how I was uh, I picked my guys out. So we'll start off with uh, a guy out of Tennessee, uh, wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. Um, he's coming in. He's 21 years old right now, 6' foot tall, 175 pounds. Um, he finished top six among wide receivers in the combine speed. So he ran a 4'4", um, like I said, you know, right where he wants to be. Nothing, nothing out. outrageous, Regis uh, seems like be coming out of there. Um, Some of that, uh, the strengths that um, are listed on his NFL profile Um Include creating separation uh, and spacing uh, in his routes, running his routes with speed. Uh, definitely saw the word "glide" used uh, as a descriptor multiple times. Um, you know, we all you know off the off the mic we we've talked about it before how uh, how you know you watch A. J. Brown run some of his routes and it, it just seems like he's moving at a different pace than the guys around him and he's it doesn't seem like he's doing anything that is crazy as far as agility goes but he just... He corners. He corners quickly, and he gets open. Uh, not that uh, he really comps to uh, AJ Brown. Uh, particularly uh, the comp that I saw was uh, Deshaun Jackson, which uh, after watching a little bit of film, I think is fair. Um, but some of the, his weaknesses that are listed that you know he's he's not that big. Uh, he's pretty lean, um, and that you know he's he he doesn't really uh, he doesn't really hold his ground when he's contested uh, in the air. So. Um, but among those things, uh, when I was looking at him, uh, he he's like looking to be a second round guy um, here. Um, he has a lot. He has a lot going for him. Uh, he seems to be already knows how to uh, block, run block. Um, he's you know he played at Tennessee. He played at Big Soul, He's played against some of the best defenders in the nation. Um, and he, he put he's he's been putting up yards he's been putting up touchdowns he, I think he had 15 in his senior year um, he's only 21 years old so he's got a lot of time to develop uh, he's young um, I think he's only a junior if I'm correct uh, he was only a junior so um, everything seems on pace for him and I mean he could be one of those guys that you know gets he gets better draft capital I like him right now and this is you know you'd have to have a crystal ball mid to late second um compared to some of the other guys um this is definitely a dart throw guy at this moment uh and it's really going to come down to where he get he ends up uh going in the draft at the moment uh i think i was looking at a lot of us and what was, i have, i have the 25 and the 207 oh and a lot of us have him coming in right around 26 so that's really i think that's a very fair assessment and that seems to be about the consensus um but we'll have to see what, uh, what the Scouts think of him.
0: I'm higher than the consensus on Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> so, and here's what I want to say. So, again, I know we don't want to get too deep and too much focused on the uh, combine and numbers and all that, but to kind of go with what you were saying, where, like, when he's running the routes and you're watching, him, he's just kind of getting open, You and, like, you're just like, you know, I don't, you know how is he doing? It, it correlates to your burst, so like the amount of, like, you know, it's not necessarily all about speed, it's about, really a lot about your burst, and so the drills that typically reflect that are when you're doing the 40, you want to look at their 10-yard split, and then their vert and their broad, and he tested really well on those, he had a 40-inch vertical jump that was tied for, you know, like the second highest among wide, or I'm sorry, fourth highest among wide receivers, so that's really good, Uh, 135-inch broad jump. Again, one of the top scores for wide receivers out there. Another, I believe that's in the top five as well. So he's just really explosive. So that's how he's getting open on those routes. So mm-hmm. like you said, he's probably not going to be a bigger body guy. I think he has the frame where if he could put on a few pounds, he could be a bigger body guy. But I, I kind of look at it as... <sighs> I don't know i think he just needs to gain a little bit more weight and he could be a, a wide receiver one for a team so i'm a little bit higher on him than some of the yeah. other
1: i mean he's just doing what he needs to be he needs to get to get the job done yeah. and like uh, you said he's only
0: 21 so he still has plenty of time to put on you know another 10 15 pounds yeah. and get a little heavier and get the physicality mm-hmm. he needs for the nfl level
1: yeah I mean, he seems to have a lot of upside uh he, and not to say that he's raw per se but he definitely has a lot of upside uh and like I said, you know, once you start to, as far as fantasy football goes, once you start to get down to this area, you're you're, you're starting to get to dart throw territory where hit rate might be somewhere around thirty percent, possibly lower, uh, even at, at that at this spot. So. And it's really gonna for, matter who takes you know, him. He's actually in um, uh, of the three people that I was scouting out this week. He was he honestly has the most boring profile, uh, and by boring, I mean he hasn't ha- he doesn't have a history of any injuries uh he doesn't have like per, you know big injuries he doesn't have um you know he he doesn't in the, in all the scouting reports I've seen uh you know no off the field or any sort of like you know glaring physical concern or glaring hole in his game okay. so it's you know it's not it doesn't seem to have like he seems uh, I guess you would say well-rounded uh well-rounded prospect but also you know not the highest rated guy uh you know, pretty much just hitting the metrics that you want to see in general. Um, and that's why, of all the guys that uh, I was kind of scouting out this week, I would, yes, yeah, probably put them in the most boring. But boring, not in a bad way. Boring. Um, in in a way that uh, you're just kind of doing what you've got to do. You have a wide receiver catch your eye, Rich? Yes, I or do. multiple?
2: I have uh, one wide receiver. I have one from each uh – one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end. Okay, I will give you the wide receiver. Okay. The so base caught my eye off his combine performance was uh, Marvin Mims Jr. Um, okay. He ran a bit faster than I thought he would. Um, Forty times. he was down there in the four threes. Okay. And you know, it's it's where I was expecting Hyatt to be at. It's funny mm-hmm. we got them like right after each other. It was kind of cool. It's like, um, yeah, it was like the Hyatt came in as that guy who was kind of. Piped up, you know, expecting him to run the four threes and, mm-hmm. you know, be that real burner, and then he didn't really do it. And, and it's not, not saying that he's not going to be good or anything, but he right. didn't hit those benchmarks people were expecting him. Yeah, people but wanted him to be up. fast.
1: Yeah. He, he's got to be. He is. He was
2: 4-4. Yeah. Four, four. Exactly. He's just not 4-3 fast. Exactly, 4-4 yeah. four, four is plenty fast for an, mm. for a wide receiver. And again, explosive. Yes. yes.
0: What was his 10-yard split? It's listed on there right next to the 40 times. Was it a 1-5? Yeah, 1-5. What is that, the best among all the wide receivers we've got listed there? Yeah, uh, it's, second a, it's a,
2: up there, yes. Yeah. Uh, second best. Yeah. Yeah, Three explosive.
0: guys with 1.49. Explosive. So maybe not a downfield guy, but, or you know, we know, he could still be a downfield guy. But, you know, again, just explosive. You can get open on cross routes, slant routes, things mm-hmm. like that with that burst. So I think he has a option for a versatile route tree in the NFL. But I'm sorry, I'm taking your thought. Yeah, no, no, no worries, Go. no worries.
2: Yeah, so um, after the combine um, with Mem seeing him, he kind of popped. I went back and looked and uh, dug a little bit deeper. Into him, and uh, after watching some of the uh, game tape and stuff, it came away with a few strengths, weaknesses. Um, you know, uh, what role I think he might fit into? A couple teams, I think he might.
0: Did you write down what games and, you watched by any chance? I did not. No, okay,
2: I did not. I should have done that. That's my mistake. You're good. A um, couple uh, comps based off floor and ceiling. So I get into it. Um, his strengths. He's versatile. Uh, versatile. He lined them up inside and outside. Um, projecting him to the next level he's probably more of an inside receiver but he is capable to kick out to the outside um he's very fast and explosive um, we saw that with his 40 time his uh 10 yard shuttle was 155 it's not terrible it's a solid um solid number um he had a good uh, vertical um 39 and a half inches so he's right behind hyatt um so he's explosive and he's fast Very smooth on his routes in and out of his breaks. Uh, He's got great yak ability, all the things you like. Mm -hmm. Some of the things you don't like, you know, um, things you have to question. He was schemed wide open in Oklahoma, like do sometimes dudes want to be within like 10, 15 yards of him. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how good of a route runner is he if it's just you know in the framework of the offense to be built that wide open? Right. And how much of that yak ability is him making guys miss and doing this, that, and the other, or is it just him being wide open and you know being able to just outrun people because of how fast he is? Right. We see that time after time, it feels like. Right. And a couple other things in the weaknesses. Um, you worry about play strength because of his frame and uh, his catch radius. He's not a very big guy. So you a couple of questions you have. Mm-hmm. Going ahead, he could. you know He projects out to be a solid number two. I don't think he has the capabilities to be a number one. It um, well, could be a number two, a solid, uh, solid number two wide receiver for a team. Now, for fantasy purposes, would probably, you know, a wide receiver two. More likely, closer to a three. Three flex play. with flex play with two upside weekly. Um, it's a couple teams I thought that might could, uh, could possibly use him: um, the Browns. They could use another uh, deep threat wide receiver a guy with some explosiveness. Uh, same thing with the Chargers, the Rams, and uh, the Titans. Comp wise, I said I'm looking floor comp as somewhere around a Mikael Hardman, be a gadget guy with some speed. They would do a few things. Um, ceiling wise, I think it could potentially be someone like a Tyler Lockett. Okay,
0: so kind of yeah. go off what you were saying there. I'll, talk, I'll give, So I just had some general thoughts about the wide receivers mm-hmm. as a whole, looking at like the top two tiers. There, I kind of had the top two tiers and blended them together and split them into two groups. So I have the group of wide receivers that I think are have the size and the measurables to be wide receiver ones on a team. And that group consists of Quinton Johnson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jalen Hyatt, and Rasheed Rice. I think they have the build and they meet the thresholds to be a wide receiver one in the league. Then I have the second group, and this, again, this is not this is not ordered. This is just the two groups I slipped on them. I have a group of guys that I think ceiling is a wide receiver 1B. So, like, the Devonta Smith to A.J. Brown this past season is kind of like the ceiling I see for them. And that group consists of Jordan Addison, Marvin Mims Jr., Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, and no. Yeah, that's the end of that there. So that's the group there that I see as being one B's. Now the top of that group is obviously uh, Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers, and then in the first group it's Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnson. And I think those four wide receivers are the ones that have the potential to go in the first round of the NFL draft, and the other guys I imagine will be second round picks. And so I, so the way that kind of breaks out is I have a I ex- project a lower ceiling or a lower floor for the four guys I just mentioned compared to the guys behind them. So where you want to, so like my top two guys then would be Quentin Johnson and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then where you want to take, uh, what's his name? Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers versus where you want to take Jalen Hyatt, for example, is kind of dependent on what you feel about those players or the team that they go to, essentially, and things like that. And, again, the teams they go to will have an effect on this yeah. as well, depending on whether or not there's that wide receiver one role even available on the team. Sure, sure. But that's kind of how I view it. It's, again, just like you said, the size. And the thing about that segment I mentioned, we just keep hearing with them that they're going to be put in the slot. You know what I mean? We keep hearing that about Jordan Addison Zay Flowers, obviously, even smaller than that, going to play in the slot. Marvin Mims, like you said, is a little bit smaller. But I think they could be in the right situation, you know, like an Amon Ross St. Brown type where, like, you know, if you're the one on the team there's nobody else there, it doesn't matter if you're playing in Mm a slot like that if you're getting 10, 11 targets a game.
2: Cooper Cup plays majority of the slot.
0: He's a bit of a bigger guy though. It's yeah. a little bit of a different play style than those guys. But
1: it's, it's real funny that you brought that up because the reason I picked Zay Flowers among like where he's projected to go uh, when we were talking about this about a week ago is also there was that picture on Reddit. Did you see that, uh, Rick? Where it was the picture of him like before it was like towards the end of the season, and like the second picture was like a week before the combine He was just, like so much bigger, like, dude. He was go. so. Good. I was like, damn. I, I saw that picture. Like, damn. What's this dude uh, up to? I was like. <laughs> I was like, uh, he's definitely, uh, he's gotten way bigger in uh, a, 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 a real good amount of time, a real short amount of time. So that was what, yeah. But that's what you're talking about, though, is can these guys hit those measurables to, to play at the next level? Uh, it's definitely interesting. And there's a lot of those dudes this year. Yes, I feel so like
0: My guy, the, the first guy I'm going to talk about is Quentin Johnson. So I watched uh, Oklahoma, I watched him against Oklahoma State, Uh, Kansas and Michigan this past year in 2022 those are the three games I looked at so some of the things that I've noticed for him is that I feel he's really good at finding the open space when he's running his routes he's really good at finding the area in between defenders when they're doing zone coverage to get open he slips past guys and I'm just, like, one of those things where he just does these little, you know, shimmies or just, like, little, you know, shoulder ducks and this and that, and he's always kind of slipping out of a guy's grasp. You always see a guy, like, going down where just, like, his fingertips are grasping him or, like, you know, he like the dude, you know, gets a hand around his leg or something, but he just manages to pull out and keep going. He's great after the catch. He's good at, you know, finding, getting downfield and seeing the vision, you know, the open lanes and getting downfield and, you know... He makes good adjustments to bad catches. That's what I was going to say. One of the critiques about him when you watch him is, you know, he has a lot of body catches, what you see when you watch it, where he doesn't snatch the ball out of the air with his hands. And he has a couple of drop issues. His quarterback throws a terrible football. A terrible football, dude. I'm not going to lie. In the (laughs) three- Against the in the three games I watched, you can see that ball just wobbling sideways as it's thrown all the time. And I don't know if you want to pull one of these games up to verify what I'm saying, but dude, I am watching this thing just like shake back and forth. And Uh, I'm I'm
2: familiar. I watched a lot of TCU this year,
0: (laughs) so so yeah, so you know then that it's not a great ball being (laughs) thrown to him all the time. Alex Duggan's like a fierce competitor.
2: Yeah, not the greatest thrower of the football. No, I'm not. A fierce I'm just saying, like, because you're you gotta trying
1: to. You got to respect
0: him. You got to put respect y- on.
1: His- I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings, stinky.
0: I, I'm not trying to disrespect <laughs> Max Dugan, but I'm saying when you're trying to talk about Quentin Johnson and you're worried about his hands. That's part of the issue. And then the thing when he went to the combine, he didn't participate in the 40 at the combine. did some other drills, but the important thing is when you watch him on the field in the passing drills, and the gauntlet drills, and he did good in that, those. He had no issues with his hands or drops or anything like that in the gauntlet drills or the open field plays. So if everything that I saw, you know, he didn't run the 40 time again, but I don't think, again, there doesn't seem to be any question about his speed or that he's no, going to be fast. fast. Everybody fast. seems to How accept that. How
1: concerned are I mean, you when...
0: You watched the Michigan game, right?
1: Yeah, you
2: saw him run like a gazelle up the sideline. You know, it was the broken coverage, yeah. and there was no one around. Him, so but watch him
0: run; he's fast. When I was playing against, when I, I'm sorry, what were you? Guys uh, no,
1: about? I was just gonna say, uh, how how concerned are you when you see prospects? And one of the things that like is concerning is drops, like because how much like just straight up drops. I'm not even talking about body catches. Like, I'm not talking about. Just, no, I understand. Uh, if,
0: so. I believe with him, that was only an issue last year. He didn't really have that issue in the years prior to that, My, from my uh, co- recollection, correct? All right. I, that's what I believe, if anybody out there has otherwise. But I believe it was only really an issue. And again, that's part of what I'm saying. is If you watch these throws, I mean, like, that, You know, again, if it hits in your hands, you should catch it. But I think there was... Something to that. He's catching a lot in traffic. He's not really good on contested catches. But here's So here's what I wanted to say. When the games that I watched, when I watched him against Oklahoma State where he had a good game, they just looked lost against him. Like, this is where he was finding open space all the time, and they just couldn't seem to keep track of him. When he played against Kansas, they had their hands all over him. Like, he is basically getting PI'd every play just about when I'm watching that game. Just looks like somebody's always grabbing him, trying to drape over him, things like that. And he has a lot of contested catches where a dude is basically coming up with his arm around him already, and it's not always called. So I think that contributes a little bit to you know his drops and his poor percentage in, in the contested catch. And against Michigan, they looked both. They were either completely lost trying to cover him, or they were interfering with him to prevent him from making a play. So that's what I saw in the three games that I watched from him. So when you see then he goes to the combine, and he ha- and you don't really see those issues in like the same situation where you see all the other wide receivers, and some of them still had issues with drops and all that. And again, what you watched was he was plucking it out of the air with his hands. There's no body catches. Straight catching it with his hands Good balls thrown to him, so I'm I am i am less worried about it after seeing those sort of open field drills on the combine. Because again, when I watch the tape and I see a poor quarterback throw, and I'm like, okay, is it him or is it the quarterback? And then you see him at the combine with these other quarterbacks, and they are throwing decent balls, and he's catching them. Then, you know, that's what uh how yeah, we get in one of those jobs as as the guy who throws the ball. They're no, they're <laughs> the other the. Uh, Well, I know C.J. Stroud and Will Levis, I believe, were two of the guys throwing the ball. No, C.J. Stroud was definitely, I can't remember if it was Will Levis or uh, Anthony Richardson throwing the ball in the gauntlet drill.
1: Yeah, but yeah, now we got to figure out how to get one of us on the field over there. Go back to college and pose as a quarterback. Pose, dude. (laughs) I'll just be one. (laughs) Well, we gotta pose as a,
0: as a freshman. That's what you gotta do. No, I, mean, I can't still, be no thirty-year quarterback. I, 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 still, I still have two grad and a half.
1: Transfer. I'm pretty sure I have a year and a half of NCAA ability still. So, <laughs> Greg
2: is a grad transfer.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so like you guys talked about, the real
0: issue with Quinn Johnson is just the concerns with the drops. I'm not too concerned about that after what I saw from the combine and from looking at those couple of game tapes. So I'll take a couple of look at some other ones, but my my that's why he's what we're talking about, is my issues were kind of dissuaded after what I've seen over the past week. So, so
2: he is he your wide
0: receiver one of the class? Mm-hmm. No, okay. it might be Jackson Smith and Jigba. It is going to depend on where these the guys go. So, okay. something that will concern me is you know like we've got the New York Giants picking at twenty five. Who really need a wide receiver, and that's like a prime position to take a wide receiver. So, if he goes there, I'm not going to be too optimistic about his outlook. I know they just signed Daniel Jones to a deal, and we'll get into that yeah, later. All
2: right, let's see Daniel Jones. He looked how than did he those had?
0: How did those wide receivers do? Yeah, but he didn't have anybody. Yeah, maybe yeah. take a lot of. It, yeah, but then if Jackson Smith and Jigba goes somewhere else, like I don't know, if he goes to the Carolina Panthers or something, with they don't have another first round pick. I don't know. He's not going to make it to the second round, so scratch that. Unless they trade back, like yeah. you heard yeah. might happen, where they're open to trading back again. That's such a but there are other teams that need a wide receiver. One that if Jackson Smith and Boyd went there, I'd probably be more optimistic about him on that team than you know, like the Browns or something like that. All right, and I know Mike and I each have another wide receiver. Do we want to wrap up the wide receivers, or do yeah, we just need to go to our next guy? Let's
1: let's let's. Uh, I just wanted to hop over to Zay Flowers real quick. Just had a couple more. We already talked a little bit about him. I had a couple more things on him. Uh, the reason I was asking earlier. Uh, About the hands thing is because he also he has hands concerns, uh, which was it's funny you see online like you'll start to see like consensus ideas once you start reading uh, about people, Um, and it's a lot of people are like downplaying it, but it's when you see it repetitively across multiple like beat writers and like scouting reports, it it becomes a little concerning, Um, and really I mean hands size. He's only five nine. Obviously he just he got bigger. He's still that big not that big of a dude, uh, at the end of the day. And um, one of, you know, the other things is that like he might get pushed around out there a little bit, like against press coverage. He was playing against a whole lot of press coverage. Another, you know, guy is like you know, he's definitely fast and he can crack the deep ball. Like, is can he do that on the next level if he's getting pressed and he's getting bullied? Uh, we'll see. Um late Declare, He's going to be 23 in October, I believe. Uh, somewhere right around the beginning of the season, he's going to be 23. These are all just kind of things when I look at them, and I try and look at it objectively. Um, I don't feel super confident about him. Uh, I thought it was exciting seeing how much bigger he's getting. He's obviously working super hard. Uh, I think a lot of the excitement of when you're doing these kind of things is watching the guys progress. So, his, we'll have to see. Uh, I don't expect him to get Anything I I, like some sort of uh, like unless he moves up in draft like actual NFL draft capital like a good bit he gets taken earlier, um, you know probably gonna be passing on him I would say for now uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see um, but yeah I think I think it's something that's interesting he's a person to watch right now I think his stock is very uh, it's it's wobbly at the yeah. moment yeah. Uh, there's a lot of mixed bag. Kind of, he's one, very like excited and interested to see yeah. where he goes in the draft, like yes. capital
2: wise. Like, also
1: slot guy. I forgot to mention he's also a slot guy. And, uh,
2: not necessarily like landing spot, more so just like what round he goes in. You know? Yes, yeah,
1: you he yeah, you don't know. Yeah, it's up in the air right now.
0: I'm, I'm glad you guys are saying that because I, again, I have listened to a bunch of other shows and stuff like that. I'm listening to uh, Daniel Jeremiah, and he was talking about him. So one, he did say that he does play strong. So like he doesn't get bullied a whole lot because he does play stronger than his size so he's he wasn't too worried about that but he basically grouped the top he said that the top wide receivers in this group were going to be zay flowers uh, jordan addison and and jackson smith and Jigba. those were the three guys he was grouping in the as the top wide receivers and he said they should travel together as the top three when you're kind of I was like i don't know that i fully agree with that kind of grouping there like you said where it's I think it's really going to be dependent on the teams and who's viewing at him but he was, it seems
1: essentially like they were certain that he's going to be a first round pick essentially dude yeah I, I've seen him when Mark's going uh, at the very end of the round uh, of the first I mean, round he's like electric 30. he's yeah. electric with the ball in his hands yeah, yeah. But how many guys are electric with the ball in their hands? We say that, feel you like hear that all the time, and then the dude never he then he ends up being like a, a gadget player. He yeah, ends up being a Rondell Moore type guy. How guess, many
2: yeah. like do, see that's yeah. that's an interesting comparison mm-hmm. because Rondell Moore was a second round pick.
1: Uh huh. Now Kadarius Tony, first round
0: pick. Also, that's different because of injuries. Yeah, too. yeah, injuries are yeah, he hasn't been affected but when
2: he's, you know if mm-hmm. if Flowers gets the first round draft capital, hey.
1: Yes. Yeah. If he gets, a, he, we'll see. If he gets the first round draft capital, he he could still. I still project him that you're gonna be seeing him going in your second oh, round. Dude, but, dude, I dude, mean, dude, dude. maybe somebody reaches.
2: Wait till he goes like thirty one because the Dolphins don't have a pick this year. Yeah. Thirty one to the Chiefs. Uh, Everybody loses their goddamn uh, mind god. again.
0: No god. No god. Please no. No.
1: No. No. Okay. Oh, oh, I I Larry have Sky Moore, I don't need another person on the team. I, I, I I'm not picking him if that happens. I'll go next player. Even if he's best player available, right and it's like the obvious pick I'm skipping. Like uh, And then I'll get burnt. And I'll just have yeah, I'll i have Skymore on the bench. So sorry. you get the gold one. Sorry, that. Skymore is is a tough one for me. It's a tough one to swallow this year. Sorry. <laughs> Um but yeah so that's that's all I really got on Zay Flowers. All
0: right. We'll just wrap yeah. up the wide receivers then I'll come back to it and then we'll hop into the uh running backs and then we'll the tight end that Rich well, has. Well, I mean
2: we can we can lump him with the pass catchers, I guess. Who's yeah. the running back? Yeah, no, the, no. the tight end. Oh, the
0: tight end. Okay. All right, that that's it. So do you want to go next with the tight end or do you want me to wrap up the wide receiver? Uh,
2: I'll put him in real quick and all then right. you get Let's wrap it up. So we got uh Zach Koontz out of um Old Dominion. He guy. blew up the combine, man. Blew it up. He's up there with like top tight end performances of all time. This is a really good tight end group. And, and, and uh, he just pull. We got the combine
1: the tracker up here. You pull it up? Uh, yeah. I mean, I pulled the combine. Yeah. He pulled up.
2: Pulled numbers up he, and look at where he was at compared to the rest of the tight ends. Okay. He he blew it up.
0: Got
2: So I, like as you see that, you're like, all right, let me go dig in further on this guy because this is a good tight end group. Some strengths that you see on tape is the size and his wings, man. He's big mm-hmm. and he's athletic. He can move. and He knows how to use his frame. Like he boxes out the defenders on making catches and stuff. Some you know, some questions you have. He's not very good against the press. His press coverage, uh, getting off of that, is his release a um, little suspect. Um, now he's a tight end, so you know this next one's a little questionable. Um, his strength is a blocker um you see he's he's not great uh blocking um and he only had 15 starts in his college he's a former transfer from Penn State he only saw the field um he played in 3 games over his uh 3 years at Penn State before he transferred to Old Dominion um, he had a good season his his not this year the year before that um he had a good season almost 700 receiving yards and then this picture, he got hurt and missed the, the the back half of the season um but man what you, you see the uh the athleticism from the combine, and, and you can see it on tape, but he's raw. He has some developing to do. Um, Tight ends usually do. Yeah, I, I I don't see him expect him to be a guy who's early drafted in the NFL draft. <laughs> If he's drafted at all, I mean, maybe he's like a sixth, seventh round pick, or you know, an undrafted free agent signing. Mm-hmm. So for dynasty drafts, you're looking at you know a last pick of your draft, or you know, someone you're trying to pick off a pick up off free agencies, or someone you're just keeping an eye on in the waiver wire to pick up if you like the landing, you know, like a situation as it progresses through the course of the season, you know. Absolutely, but his role, I mean, if if he hits with the, you know, if he's able to put it together, his athleticism, his build, I mean, the dude's six foot eight. Mm-hmm. And you see, you see the forty time there. He run like a run 5 like a four five, like four five five. Uh, you don't see that very often.
0: Second among the tight ends this season or this uh,
2: combine. So his role, he could be a weapon for a team, whether that's just a red zone weapon
1: or a guy they want to, you know, attack, have attacking the seams. Yeah. Um, he's got. A do you have team. A, I'm sorry. Did you? If you if you already said it, do you have a place where you like to see him land? Or at least a type of offense, even if if you know that doesn't have to be specific. I had yeah, I have three teams listed here
2: that could be in use of this type of a player. You know, well, will all of these teams give him the proper time to develop and you know, in order to get to where he needs to be to be successful?
1: But uh, I'm looking at the Packers, okay, the Panthers, and the Raiders. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. Yeah. Um,
2: so for cop wise, looking at the floor, um, every other athletic tight end that never put
1: it all together and Did didn't become anything in the league. I was looking through the all-time um, tight end mm-hmm. like athletic testing things here, and there's so many absolute guys you've never mm-hmm. ever they, heard there's of. There's Dude
2: who comes out and blows it up and, every year, but and, you know he yeah. can't necessarily play football
0: good. This is why you pair the combine with the taper. He used no. the combine just to. Right. confirm or uh, verify yeah. what you've seen on no. tape. Well, it's yes. funny, though,
1: when you look at, like, the other positions, like the guys at top, that are top in athletic charts are often they're well-known guys. And tight end is just – dude, yeah. it, 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 it's a crapshoot. Like, yeah, I mean, ceiling-wise, I'm looking at the way you, you watch him on tape. Uh,
2: the way he moves and the way you can envision a man with that size and speed being utilized, It just, you know, you get some Jimmy Graham vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's the longest of long shots that he becomes that. But, you know, that's what you're looking at if he hits his full ceiling. The dude's an athletic freak.
0: So just then, sorry, I was looking up the numbers just to verify what you're saying. Or not verify what you're saying, yeah. but just to let everybody know. So he was second in the 40 time among tight ends with a four five 1st in the vert, first in the broad, first in the three cone. Tied for first in bench with 23 reps. And second in the 20-yard shuttle.
1: Yeah, he, he he was he was he, he blew it up. Yeah, you can also check all time performers. He's not uh, super high on any of that that list, but that's why I checked uh, when I went and checked the all time performers. Like there's guys up there, and it's like I might know the name, but I was like, well, I haven't heard that name more than a few times, like eight years ago. Like,
2: yeah, but I mean, this guy with that athleticism and.
1: Yeah, if he's able to land in the right situation
2: and put Got on a little pitch, add point. a little more strength be a decent in line but even if he gets to a situation that's probably the best for him is um a team that likes to utilize the tight end out of the slot and split out wide mm-hmm. so where he doesn't have necessarily have to get in there and block you know the big fellows he can maybe block a corner or safety or you know he's not blocking linebackers and edges
0: Cowboys tagged Dalton Schultz right they didn't get to a long term deal it could be team yeah they need a wide receiver. So maybe you get a tight end who can kind of help fill that role B-Y-I. while also getting someone Wait, behind is Mike Gesicki
1: still on the Dolphins?
2: Yeah, but the, they tagged him,
0: didn't they? They barely threw him the ball last year as it is. Gesicki? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right? You don't need yeah. to, you
0: have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill what? out there, right? you need to wait, throw it wait to I was saying, could could
1: he fit in that type of offense? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. he could, it's just it just
0: he could. It would make him fantasy irrelevant, though, I think. Yeah, except but it could be a week, better version Except
2: for it. the week he catches a touchdown.
0: Put, I don't yeah. know if
2: he... I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe Gazeki is his ceiling. Like, maybe that's what... The, if if this, everything goes right, uh-huh. like, he's Mike Gazeki.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. true. It's just, you know, I wanted to Detroit take a look... Needs another I wanted to take a look at him, him after he just... You read the numbers out. He, was, he killed the combine. Yeah. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? And I'm like, dang, all right. You know, you look in him and you're like probably won't be much but it's still fun it's still fun to dig into no.
1: The why every I feel like all the time it's like this tight end is gonna be awesome. I always got a random tight end last
2: year. It was uh, the dude out of um, Nebraska. He was just another six foot eight dude. Is that wild? he wasn't nearly as athletic? That's a uh, wide Is
1: Austin it? Allen? I believe Austin, Austin Allen. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. so I remember looking at. I remember watching the film and being like, oh my! So it's all dude, a hurl- giant. Bro. Yeah, I saw him hurdle somebody. I was like, Jesus! I didn't a uh, guy get up that high. Yeah. Always some random tight end. I, I'll dig into. Yeah, take a shot. You know, it's funny. Yeah, you think. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny how hard it is for that position to translate to the NFL. Uh, also, a lot of those guys are they're probably in the league. They're just you know they're not going to get the opportunity to start for a couple of years. Yeah, but it's you know you need to be able to catch. You need to be able to run routes, but you also need to be able to block
2: big NFL defensive linemen. It's one thing to be a good college tight end where, you know. The NFL's it's next level. It's men.
1: Exactly. So it's Not
2: everybody can block those dudes, yeah. and uh, you know, it's not. It's no disrespect. No, it's not.
1: All right. Is that uh, is that it on the pass catchers? Or you got? I've got receiver? one more. Okay, cool.
0: So my guy who, I don't know. It seems like from what I hear, people are a little down on him compared to it. But Rasheed Rice, and I'd mentioned him earlier as being in like the second tier for me, and kind of like the bottom of the, we're up. But I think he's a guy who could be a wide receiver one. At the NFL level, so a little about six and a uh, little over six foot, you know, six and six foot and two uh, hundred and um, four pounds. So like the typical wide receiver one build that we're seeing now in the NFL, where again we shifted away from like the bigger guys who are six two plus to kind of guys who are around six foot six one, Jamar Chase's, Justin Jefferson's, guys like that. He had a decent forty time. It, I mean wasn't ideal, only a four five one. But uh, 149, 1, or 1.49 on the 10-yard split. So explosive, vertical inch. She had a 41-inch vertical jump, 128 broad. So he's explosive. And again, this is something I've always talked about. It's, it, a lot of it has to, you just need to hit a certain threshold with your speed, but it's really about the explosiveness that you need. So go back and watch the tape. And I looked at him against UCF, Lamar, and Maryland this past season. So some of the things I liked when I'm watching him... This dude fights through contact. Before, during, and after the catch, he works his way through contact. It's not an issue for him. I'm not worried about his play strength at the NFL level, like we were talking about earlier with Zay Flowers. I think he does a good job of playing through that. He he snatches that ball out the air. He grabs that ball with his hands. I didn't really feel like I had any issues with body catches or things like that when you're looking at like Quentin Johnson. And this next part is... Two parts. It's semi-compliment, semi-issue. Semi an issue. When I'm watching the routes, the way he gets open is he seems to have this timing down where he knows when to break on his route and just gets ahead of the defender that way. The problem is what you want to see is at the top of your route, you want to see him make some sort of move to make the defender miss, to kind of fake him out and make him think that he's going one way or the other. And he doesn't do that. He doesn't seem to have a whole lot of Tools or moves or skill sets when it comes to that particular area. No just wiggle. Kind of, to him? He no just,
2: wiggle.
0: It's not that he can't wiggle. He does it every so <laughs> often, but he doesn't do it with any consistency and he doesn't do it enough. It just seems to be like he gets to where he needs to be and he knows exactly when to break on that route. And he just because he knows when he's going to break, he has the edge on his defender and he's got the burst. So he's a technician. He gets open there at that last couple of seconds. There, you want to see him develop the toolkit, though, to fake defenders down, kind of make the guy think he's going outside, and then come back inside, as opposed to just kind of, hey, you know, I'm just faster and more explosive than you at this point. I can just kind of cut open. So, that's the one issue. The other issue I saw was he put the ball on the ground a couple of times in those games that I was watching. Uh, Fumbles, drop here or there. It's a bit of an issue. So, again, I think that the, teach, the the moves at the top of the route, that is a teachable skill set that an NFL wide receiver coach should be able to help him develop. So then my only real issue is ball security. And again, something when you're watching at the Combine, he didn't really seem to have an issue with, but something to keep an eye on. So that's the main concern. That's what I think for me between the ball security issue and the you know lack of de- – moves at the top of the route, he's gonna go more in the second round of the NFL draft than he is gonna go in the first round. But I think he has the potential to be a wide receiver one if he can nip those two things in the butt. And again I think the skills I think the moves at the route will be something easy to teach him at the NFL level. Ball security is really going to be the factor for him is whether or not he, you know, makes it on an NFL team. I think he will be drafted, like I said, in the second round for a team that's looking for a wide receiver one. And then how well he actually performs during that first year will kind of give you an indication. Look out for the drops and fumbles and things like that when you're watching him. Keep out for reports about that in camp. That will kind of give you an indication. But as far as like where these guys might go, there are a couple teams. I mean, there are a lot of teams in EY receivers. I think Quentin Johnson, I think, will go in the first round. So teams that I like think will probably like, be interested be Arizona, I think, might be interested in grabbing him because he's a bigger body wide receiver but still has the athleticism that they look for out of their wide receivers. You have Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore there who are both 5'9 and something. So you need somebody who's a little bit bigger if you're going to be trading away DeAndre Hopkins. So I think Arizona could trade back out of three and pick up some later picks and take Quinton Johnson there. You also have the possibility that, like you said, maybe Carolina moves back. They're looking for a wide receiver one, and if Quentin Johnson goes to Carolina with C.J. Stroud as his, you know, quarterback there, and they develop alongside each other, or however that works out with them, whatever they do at the quarterback position, or if it's Anthony Richardson, you know, there are teams like the Rams and Kansas City that also need a wide receiver one. But I don't think KC doesn't really like the the bigger guys. I think it. I don't know that that would – I can't imagine that would deter Kansas City from taking that and be like, he's 6'2". We really like those 5'10 guys, 5'9 guys. Too tall. So, we'll see. They did take Sky Moore in the second round Mm -hmm. last year, so – and you got, like, the Rams and the Cleveland Browns who also need, but, again, they don't have first-round picks. So Chargers. it's going to be interesting to see where Quentin Giants. Johnson would go. I really don't want him to go to the – the Giants and the Patriots are the teams with first-round picks that I, I don't want him to go to. Yeah. That's, like, earlier when we were talking about it. I was like, if he goes there and then Jackson Smith and Jigba goes to another team, that uh, diff- one of those not-two teams, Jackson's Jigba over Quentin Johnson just because of where he goes. But, yeah, I think the Patriots would definitely be a death knell. No. And I don't really want him going to the Giants either. And yeah, just again, some, when I was watching UCF and Lamar, it was just some of the same things. I saw Quentin Johnson, a lot of people just kind of draping all over him at the college level. They get away with a little bit more there, it seems. And Maryland was the game where it really stood out that he was separating due to the moves that, or due to you know just kind of the burst and not necessarily making any moves. So those were the three games I watched for Rasheed Rice. And he will go in the second round. He could go to pretty much any one of the same teams that I just mentioned because they, I believe most of them have a second-round pick to spend on him. He'll probably go second, third round, depending on how teams feel about him. That will be a real indication, too, about what his ceiling will be, is whether he goes in the second or third round. If he drops to the third round, it might be kind of an indication that, you know, his ceiling might be capped a little lower than I would have liked. But I'm interested. He, he, he piqued my interest.
2: Fair enough. Okay. Mm. Nice.
0: That's going to wrap up the pass catchers, and then we got some running backs. I think every one of us has a running back, correct?
2: We all have one running back? I have
0: a running back, yeah. I have a running back. Alrighty, fantastic. Well, well Mike, you start us off with the other ones. Let's just keep it going.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, so, the the running back that I was looking at, and uh, the person who has definitely interested me the most of my uh, players I looked at this week, is uh, Ty J Spears um, out of Tulane. Um, he's had definitely a very interesting college career so far. Um, he was hurt back in October 2020, uh, where he tore his ACL. Uh, I believe he was a sophomore. Um, but he was, or sorry, he was a redshirt freshman, possibly. Uh, but either way, um, yeah, he, he tore his ACL against uh, Southern Miss. Um, and he also tore his meniscus, I believe. So he was hurt uh, early into his career and uh um, his numbers due to that his numbers show like you know he is he he played for four years in college he was you know he he wasn't he he had an entire season where he he didn't play um and I'm assuming that because of the timing on that he probably lost that year of eligibility as well because isn't it after you play a certain amount of games in a year yeah you're even if you get hurt you're done for the year that's so that's, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's it's one of those cases but what, it, what really uh, made me look at him is uh, he, he popped off at the Senior Bowl um, and he's been you know, he's been by, you know he's been getting a lot of coverage recently and this is like, he's just kind of popping up and he got hot this year, I mean he had a he had a really nice, he capped he his year off really nicely, so he's getting like really hot at the right time and he might shoot up, the, he's looking to shoot up the draft boards now. Um, now as far as NFL draft capital goes, he's it looks like he's going to probably be drafted somewhere in the third, uh, and people have him going somewhere in the third on the, the top end, um, as late as the seventh. But it's looking like he, he could be going in the third or fourth. Um, so
2: late day two, early day three. Right, NFL right. Okay. And,
1: and you know, this is, uh, as far as what we're looking at with him, um, It's yeah, I think it's interesting. It's one of those things where, like, I'm watching closely. Um, I think if he gets a draft capital, I'm taking a stab at him. Uh, okay. And, and, you know.
2: He's very explosive. Yeah.
1: I, I think I'm taking a stab at him. I'm hoping he flies under the radar, too. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and, but like I take a stab at him maybe somewhere in the late second. Uh, probably the third is more likely, uh, depending on how you you get a read on what, what the people in front of you need. Uh
2: Dependent on his draft capital too. You yeah, know, that's bro?
1: that's what's getting decided for me. But um, oh, that's good, yeah. I don't know. When you hear an injury, an ACL tear, twenty twenty, the thing is, people are like, oh, well, you know, he, that's a major injury. He's right back. Uh, but like, well, it seems like he's like silencing he, this this past year and the, the last, honestly, the last like three months of football have kind of you know put that to rest. That uh, I mean, it it's it's been three years you know, So um, and he's he's. A relatively young guy, uh, still considering that he had that injury. Oh, you so,
2: said ACL? Was yes. Okay. Right, so
0: timeout real quick. I uh-huh. just want to interject with three things really quickly. It's going to be quick. One, the Dolphins have officially traded and acquired Jalen Ramsey. Two, you guys made picking a, a running back that impressed really difficult because you took the two guys that I was looking at and it was hard to come back and find another one. Uh, three, how dare you – Add Deuce Vaughn to the list. <laughs> Give me a five foot five running back to so put on there? the list. I start, the lo- list,
2: right? <laughs> start
0: looking things up. Five foot five
1: inches. Did you watch the tape? Don't care. Don't care. Still don't care. I don't care. Five foot five inches. Did you inches. watch the tape? No. Alright. I saw know. five
0: foot five inches. And you saw enough? Yes. You gave him the <laughs> Darren Sproles treatment. 5'5", 179 pounds. This dude will explode on contact. (laughs) (sighs) Tajay Spears, yeah. And like you said, we know it takes a while to recover from ace. uh, Back to what you were saying. I'm done with the timeout. We know it takes a while to cover, but again, if you look at the combine, it seems like he's back. Four four in the forty yard dash, thirty nine inch vertical jump. Again, one of the top ones among running backs, and one hundred and twenty five inch broad jump. Again, among the running backs that we've got listed here, that we you know we're interested in. That's one of the you know that's like the that is the second best among the guys on our little list right there. Yeah, he, he I don't right. know what he was actually at the combine. That's just among the guys that we're looking at.
1: Remember, for almost sixteen hundred yards this year. Um, It's just, he seems to have impressed... uh, 5'11", 2'01", he's got a decent
0: size, so yeah, he could totally be the RB1 for a team. It's just a matter of where he's going to go, and
1: Mm -hmm. this
0: is just something you have to remember, too. There's not going to be a whole lot of Saquon Barkley's and... Leonard Fournette's and Zika Elliott's running backs are going to be taken in the top 10 of the first round Right, very often. A lot of the starting running backs are going to be second to fourth round picks moving forward. Right. You know, I mean, he you'll did. occasionally have B. John Robinson who
1: might go in the first round. Right. Like, but we're talking second half of the first round right. probably. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean... Uh, I think that it just seems like he could fall into a draft like where he gets immediate usage, like comes out and like could make an immediate impact this year for a team. So if you're looking for an RB, it seems like I don't know, he could he could be that guy, dude. What if, what if what if the Eagles draft him? Like, what do you you know? He could. What, what if we pick him? How do you feel about him?
0: Uh, he'll be in a timeshare with Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, yeah I
2: don't. The it, it, Eagles are looking for a bigger back who can
1: yeah shoulder the load. 11-201. Well, yeah, it, I'm gonna say theoretically. Like, yeah. how would you? How would you? And you look. I've got what a the guy. Eagles are looking. I've at. got a guy.
2: Charbonnet. I've
1: got another guy.
2: Yeah, Roshan Johnson would fit we'll
1: too. Time. Yeah. Right. But anyway, uh, sorry. Yeah, keep your eye on him. Uh, keep your eye on. Him. I, I just, I, I, think that you could get him for he. Not a steal, but I think you get him later. I think he has a good upside All of those guys that are exist in that tier. Okay.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. You can go next with your running back, Rich. Just keep the same order we've been okay. going. Okay. The
2: running back, uh, Chase Brown out of Illinois.
0: Man, he uh,
2: – very impressive on the tape, man. Very impressive. He, he impressive the combine. Like I, I, Not that I had overlooked him. I just – you know, I hadn't gotten around to digging into him before – and he was a name you know and you see, but, like, you didn't know much about him. And, like, you, you know, well, wow. it's pretty impressive tape. Mm-hmm. He's got great vision. Very good vision. You see him, he reads his blocks well. He steers his blocks well. And occasionally you see him, he's got his hand on the guy's back, and he's sending him which direction he wants him to go, and he's breaking right off of that.
1: How, how big did you say he was again? Do you know off the top of your head? He's
0: Five, nine and a half, okay. 209 pounds.
1: Okay. So cool, right? He's, yeah, he, a little he, bit on the
2: shorter side. Yeah, but I mean, that's solid.
1: If you're 5'9 yeah, and two hundred and nine, yeah, BMI yeah. will be very good. At yeah, that. There, there's a lot of guys that are in right in that area that have been have been yeah. very successful. Yeah, but um, yeah, he, he's
2: his vision is like I was gonna say his vision's unbelievably reads and steers his blocks. Um, he sets up defenders in the open field very well. Um, makes quick cuts. He's fluid catching passes, and you know this thing that we talk about in fantasy with the running back position finding a workhorse, right? Uh-huh. So this guy's capable of that. He averaged 27.3 carries per game last year. Yeah, and he held up. Yeah. So, playing in the Big 10, which that isn't, get, you know, yeah. you know, it's not the SEC, but the Big Ten's a physical football, football conference. They play right. defense they run the ball.
1: Yeah. Like it's a physical conference. Do you think uh how 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 much usage did you think he got too much usage in college? Uh as uh, far as long term for I have his stats here, give me yeah, Let me take a look as well. Um but that's that's definitely interesting. I did pull the highlights up every time so like he ooh, was he was in college running, five years. Yeah, he was five, he's run right through people.
2: He's a older um an older prospect. He was there five years. Um for, uh, freshman year he was at Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um as a freshman. Um seventy one carries, three hundred and fifty two yards. Solid five yards per carry. Yeah. And he transferred over to the Big Ten. He didn't see much usage over the next two seasons, and we played in ten games. Okay. Um, only 107 carries, and most of that was the second year. Another guy
1: just breaking out at the right time?
2: And then the past two seasons, 2021 and 2022, is when he saw the majority of his, you know, the bulk of his work. Okay. Um, he had 170 carries in 2021, and... 328 carries. Yeah, not that
1: 328, and that's a, a high number. But still, overall, throughout his college career, it's not anything I mean mean, uh, There wasn't
2: a single, you know, he didn't play a ton yeah. know, his se- his second year, his first season at Illinois, right. his second college season, but there hasn't been a, a time he hasn't averaged uh, under five yards per carry. Right. Uh, I mean, he's been effective, um, he can handle, it looks mm-hmm. like he's a volume runner, um, and he's capable, and he's fluid, catching passes out of the backfield. Now, you know, pass protection is an issue as it is with a lot of these rookie running backs but it was notable that like he's occasionally will you know go to the wrong assignment right and get his cornerback blown up <laughs> but um you know a couple things that uh, you see on tape there's not a lot of power there he's not driving through tackles mm-hmm. um, you know he's occasionally he goes down a bit too easy and you're like no hmm, you know you think he's running through some arm tackles there but yeah, the arm tackle will occasionally get him um, you watch his feet, and upon contact, there's uh, sometimes they they stop. You, know, you hear guys talk about the run running like their legs shooting. are always turning, legs are turning, mm-hmm. legs, and they, they bang out those extra yards. You don't see it too much on tape with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I mentioned the last, was just pass protection.
1: So really, he, he's able to see the holes and just fly through them. Yeah, if yeah, he gets running. to a team with a good
2: offensive line mm-hmm. and and a good run scheme, and he would thrive. I, you know, I. I NFL draft wise, I see him maybe a uh, probably a day three pick, early day three, maybe late day two. You know, maybe he's a, he's a, a late third round pick, mm-hmm. but more more likely probably a fourth. But uh, he, he profiles as a lead back to me. I, I don't know you you guys. You know, you guys haven't looked into him too much yet. Cause no yeah, now nah, still, he has that profile. Um, what do you guys think?
1: I mean, I just watched his highlights uh, for, for a second there. Now, obviously, that's not the same as watching. You know, it's easy to watch somebody's highlights and get an average yeah, I
2: watched his Michigan game. That one I mm-hmm. do remember with him um, was Michigan and Iowa. I watched that, and I, mean, I took, specifically targeted those games. I didn't know his stats beforehand in those games. I just knew that they were the two best run defenses he's going to face them, Wisconsin normally. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, let's go right to Iowa and Michigan. Both had great run defenses, and he went both of them, over 100 on both of them. Now he started off a little bit slow, but that's to be expected. He's a volume runner, you know, he's getting mm-hmm. and as the game went on, it's like he wore the defense down and like slicing gaps, now he's breaking off ten, fifteen yarders, boom, now he's gone, touchdown. Right. And it's like, man, all right, like Yeah it was impressive. Well, he's doing it against good defenses too. It's not like he's doing it against the slouches where he could, he's doing it against Michigan, Iowa These great defenses.
0: Yeah. Where do you see him compared to other? So this is what I'm, I'm curious because we keep mentioning that these guys might be like day three picks. But I'm curious. So we've got Bijan Robinson as one. That's hands down. I don't. I don't think any, there's any mm-hmm. debate that Bijan Robinson is the first running back to go in this draft. Jameer Gibbs is that two? Are we in agreement on that? Any?
2: Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay.
0: Very... And then who are we going with third? Are we going with Zach Charbonnet or who would be third there? Charbonnet. Okay. So after that, what are we looking at as far as who are the next running backs?
2: Um, you got to look at – I don't necessarily agree sure. with this, but, you know, you, you look at the mock drafts and – it's See, it's, 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 we, we make this distinction, but it's – it's we won't know until they're drafted. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we – but you look at the mock drafts, where they got – the analysts have guys ranked and you're looking at it. But who next do you're typically... probably talking about uh, uh, Devin Achene, um Zach Evans, um, Bigsby, um, Kenny McIntosh slides into that area okay. a little bit. Sean Tucker too. Oh wow! Um, and then you may, you know, you might talk about Chase I th- Brown. Uh, I feel like, like that's a lot of guys to be
0: ahead of those two guys. That's that's yeah. Uh, I feel I, like, like that's a lot of guys I mean, to be ahead of those guys. I mean, there are a lot of good. Don't get me wrong. There, but that's what I'm saying. I'm like because I know I know that Kend- Robinson Henry
2: Miller's another one. That I know are Robinson
0: Gibbs and. Uh, Charbonnet are going to go before him definitely, but that's when I was like, well, then who's like four, five, and six? Because I feel like one of those guys could sneak in there and be the
2: yeah, going
0: mean, in the, in the third rounds and all that. And I was like, it's going to be hard for like guys. Like I don't think both these guys are dropping to the fourth round because like who else is getting taken in the third round? I don't know. I wasn't as big on some of the other guys there. I got to do a deeper dive and yeah, no, all that. Like necessarily I said, agree
2: but, with all that. But like I said, right. we're just going off consensus until they get drafted. We don't yeah. you know. We don't know. We can. You know, rank him one way; someone else can rank him another, and it's like cool. That doesn't mean anything until we see what the NFL right. evaluators tell us, what these mm-hmm. teams tell us.
0: Okay. All right. No, that's what I was just again because we had the disparity where I'm looking at these guys as closer to like mid third round picks, right. and where you guys are talking about them as you know fourth round picks Potential. or fifth round yeah. picks, probably going yeah. You know,
2: like, yeah, it's, okay. it's so tough to tell at this All point.
0: Right. And then yeah, so then the running back I took a look at was Roshan Johnson. So Roshan Johnson out of Texas plays behind Bijan Robinson. I'm sorry I didn't give the name for the school for the other two wide receivers I did earlier. Roshan Johnson coming out of Texas played behind Bijan Robinson the past 3 years, so he was a starter in his uh, rookie year, played behind Bijan the past 3 years. Has what was it 450 448 total touches in his college career, so not a whole lot of tread on the tires there. When I watched him, I mean, he's got the typical size and the power that you're looking for. He's got good contact bounds. He stays on his feet as he moves through contact. He's not not a running back you put, like, out in the slot or something and expect him to go down the field or run verts or anything like that, but he's a decent safety valve. You can dump off to him on checkdowns and screen passes and slants and things like that. That's how he was used in the college level. Not a whole lot of receiving production, but a little bit, so... He could be a three down back. I think it's more likely he's a first and second down back because he doesn't have elite speed. He's not going to be the guy that's winning on the outside. He's going to need to be a guy who finds a hole in the middle and then cuts to the outside and kind of blows past everybody that way as opposed to cutting as you know, just straight taking to the outside and running past people. He runs a little high with pads. He doesn't always get low because of a bit of a bigger back. And then his footwork is inconsistent because he always seemed. There are times where he seems to second-guess himself. He doesn't commit to hitting a hole, and he seems to be thinking, should I go to the outside, should I not? So he's got good vision because he's seeing the things. I think He's just not trusting his instincts enough, or his instincts aren't as developed because he's been the backup to Bijan John Robinson for the past three years. So he's pretty raw, but I think given going to the right team, he could end up being their starting running back. So a team I could see him going to would be in the situation Carolina where they just traded up to uh, draft a quarterback one overall. I think a situation like that where you've got a rookie quarterback and you want to rely on the run game more and Roshan Johnson is a bigger back so he can handle taking, you know, 15, 16 carries up the middle of the game and then still be available for a checkdown if you need it. Like sort of like early usage Zeke, where he's just getting a lot of rushing and then kind of getting dump offs in the passing game. Not to that level, not as good as Zeke was in the first few years here, but that sort of role. So Carolina, Atlanta, are two teams I'm That's looking at. Volume. If Atlanta gets yeah. a uh, quarterback back there, and then they just need a running back in the run game and kind of run, and then if they need to dump it off, he's there. So those are two teams I would see Roshan Johnson going to. But I think he could emerge as a starter at the NFL level. So okay. and again, I, he's better. He's not shifty, so if he gets into a hole and there's not a hole there, he's not really going to make a lot of guys miss by, like, that's some of the things we see with Saquon and what makes him really good is he kind of, like, has these little moves or like, these shoulder dips, things like that, that dodge people and get him out of the way. But if he hits a hole and he gets to, you know, the second level, he's really good and he's got the burst to take the angles to break it off and take it downfield. So that's what I saw when I was looking at him on the tape. It was not a whole lot of tape to go through, obviously, because he was a backup. Yeah. Man, not a ton of carries to see. Okay, but yeah. So, any final thoughts on anything we talked about here? I know we went through a lot, ran a little long. Sorry. Yeah,
1: no, I think I. I mean, I think that was pretty solid. Uh, it's A good way to kind of look at some of the guys, especially. I think we looked at a lot of guys that were further down the list there, which is. Um, yeah, the top guys are talked about the death. Top guys are talked about the death. uh you know, once the especially like. When you're in that top six, top five, guys, um, I'm um, like outside of quarterbacks, really. Um, you know, there's so much data
2: on them. Yeah, there's most of the time it's best to go consensus at that point. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, it, it. I think it, for the most part.
1: Yeah, yeah. Typically, like, you know, use your use your big indicators and try to. I, I try to. Try not to get too clever with it. Yeah, is, don't um, really overthink it. Yeah, don't overthink it too much. Uh, but where where it can really pay off is, uh, and I think really where some of the most fun in Dynasty is, is looking at these second, third, fourth round guys and just, you know, get get somebody you like uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, hit your wagon um, because uh, they're, they're dark throws when you get down to... Yep. They're, they're, they're definitely, and they become dark fast. fast. So.
0: And I think it's interesting this year because there's no consensus wide receiver one or quarterback one. is going to vary from team to team depending on who you're talking to, so that makes it kind of interesting. So you just kind of get a consensus of who the top group is as opposed to who's the top one, and that'll vary, again, based mm-hmm. off who you asked. Even tight end. Yeah, tight we end keep, too. There's the consensus the
2: about t- which tight ends the yeah. number one, you know? The mm-hmm.
0: only consensus is B. John Robinson is R B one in this class. Yep. That's where where yeah. how
1: how early do you think a tight end will go in our league? Uh do you think somebody will take a tight end in the first round? Depends. Does a tight end go in the first round of the NFL draft? Yeah.
0: I think they're talking there could be multiple titans mm-hmm. that go in the first round okay. of this draft. Okay, interestingly enough,
2: maybe a team likes one in the end of the here's, first. But so here's part of the, probably should be a second. Here's round, part probably. of the
0: problem with this draft. Is what they're talking about is like you know there's normally around twenty four players that I have a first round grade. They're talking this draft. You're looking at closer to eighteen. <laughs> So it gets to be the point where it's like, how many players of the second round grade do we want to take before we take the tight end that we, you know, have a first round grade on or whatever it is? Same thing kind of with Bijan Robinson. That's why he might work his way into the first rounds because, like, how many of these guys that we have graded, you know, as a second or third round player, do we really want to take before we take the guy who we have graded as, you know, a top five player in the draft overall based off of, you know, skill and production? And then I just think there's a lot of interesting wide receivers later on down there that are going to go like probably, you know, third, fourth, fifth round that are interesting. They have a lot of athleticism. There's just a huge group after a lot of the guys we talked about that we'll get into later on. But, I mean, guys like Jonathan Mingo, Andrea Sovis, Cedric Tillman, A.T. Perry. There's a huge group of guys around there that are around like 6'2 or something that's still around, you know, 4'4s. Things like that, and we're pretty explosive in their, in their things. So just a lot of athletic wide receivers that are just raw or not a lot of production in college. So it'll be interesting to see who goes where and which guys break out. But other than that, I think that's going to be everything from us today. We're going to come back next week. We're going to go through some of the news that we didn't get to today, a little bit more about the Giants, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, other minor news and transactions that have happened here and there and things that might break out. In the meantime, and we'll probably take a look at some more rookie guys between now and then. Yeah. Do you have more guys that you'd like to t- – I mean, obviously we need to take a closer look at, at – it's, it's what, March – March one. 12th,
2: yeah. Yeah, there's more guys to look at. There's always more guys. There's there. always
1: more guys to look at. more yeah, you prospects know? to look at, it's, always. It's, right. it's like, you know, we'll, we'll see how much shifts uh, from now to then. It, it happens fast. The guys rise and fall fast this time of year.
0: And free agency opens on the March 15th, so that'll be sometime this week. I don't know. I'm going to try to have this pod out before the 15th. That way it's still a little relevant. But then, yeah, people will be signing and we'll have a little bit more clarity as to what's going on with teams. Yeah. I'm and excited. Mar Jackson might be able to have it. Mar, Mar Jackson can start negotiating. He might have a deal.
1: Where are so, my Bateman stocks going? Ah!
0: <laughs> and then... Uh, I had an exercise we can do, so it's uh, something we'll work through. It'll take a little bit of time, so depending on how much n- you know news there is and how many players we have, we'll see about whether or not we do that. But that's everything from us today. Thanks for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs, and of course you can catch the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your audio podcast. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Rich out. Mike Coyle. Later. Later.